The Fantasy Six-Pack Hour. With your hosts, Joe Bond. Ah, you're awful. And A.J. Applegar. Sin Shu Chu. It's a mouthful. All right, all right. Welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net. With me as usual, Mr. AJ Abelgarth. How's it going, man? You're a jerk. I'm not muted. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> You're so funny. I am. <laughs> Goddamn regular, uh, regular just, Tom Jones up here. Keep telling yourself that. Anyway, man. He's a musician, uh, not a comedian. <laughs> whatever. I wasn't listening to you. When are you? What? Yeah, exactly. Point proof. Yes. All right. Enough. Move on. All right. So tonight we're going to be talking about the 2022 uh, MLB free agents, those who have signed, those who have not signed yet. And, uh, you know, kind of break down what we think of the the landing spots for for some of the bigger names and then, you know, analyze as best as we can, you know, the guys who haven't signed yet and just kind of speculate where they could go, what will happen to their value, et cetera, you know, depending on that. Um, First thing, though, just, uh, you know, if if you're listening and watching, uh, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button. We appreciate you guys definitely. And uh, that helps us out big time. So uh, please, please, please do that. And uh, second thing, man, uh, we still have signups open. This is going to be probably the last day or, or two for the fan tracks league that we are running, the fantasy baseball, fantasy six pack series. Uh, you guys get to play against a whole bunch of guys in the industry if you sign up. So you know, obviously, our site we got some fantasy alarm people. We've got baseball HQ. We've got the Dynasty Guru. We've got Razball. We've got NBC Sports Edge. I kept wanting to say NFC. Um, we've got Fighting Chance Fantasy. We've got Roto Baller. We've got Fantrax, obviously. So we we got we got some guys in there. There are officially four spots left. We're gonna cap it at six. I need to get this rolling here. So uh, there are sixty eight people signed up. As Six of, divisions. Yeah, so, is that what I said? Well, you just—I'm uh, asking you. You said yes. You six divisions. Six. Yes, yeah, so yeah, six, yeah. six divisions. Okay. Um, everybody competing in the same thing. So you'll have your separate division, and then to compete against, and then obviously you will have your, uh, you know, the overall champions as well. Uh, but you know, sign up. You can find the the article uh, with the sign up link on fantasysixpack.net. Uh, or you can go to it's in the it's in the bottom here. Uh, it, it's just as easy as possible, but uh, tinyurl.com/f the number six p series, uh, and that'll take you right to the the page on our site where you can sign up. And like I said, we got four spots left, and then I'm gonna close it just because uh, if I get any more, then I gotta probably wait for a seventh division to fill up, and I don't know if we have time to like configure all of that and and get the invitation sent out and things like that. So want to make sure we get it rolling so we can get draft started here probably sometime early March. Uh, with that being said, let's bring in our guest of honor, and it is Mr. Connor Tamir. Did I get that right? 
Yep, you got it right. All right, man. Uh, so Connor is a writer for Fantasy Six Pack, and uh, he actually wrote up a bunch of the free agent signing uh, analysis articles uh, during, you know, like, I, that was mostly back in December. It felt uh, like forever I, ago. Yeah, right, it does. So, uh, you know, when, when this topic came up as one we wanted to cover, I immediately... Now I wanted to reach out to Connor because you know he did a bunch of the analysis for the site, so I wanted him to make sure he got his voice heard here on on those. But um, welcome to the show. Thank and, you. Uh, Glad to be here. Let's get rolling here. But let's first do our beer of the week. Mm, beer. What you got, Connor? I got a where did I put it? <laughs> Alaner Muchner Lager. Pretty good stuff right yeah, here. I'm a right. big lager guy, more so than a, I'm not real big on the pale ales or the ales. I like my lager, so it's the right. choice for me this week. Cool. Digging it. What you got, uh, AJ? I've got a couple sitting in front of me. Uh, uh, well, I always do, I feel like. But the, the, the main one I'm uh, pushing for tonight's show is the crooked crab brewing company's juice nato five uh it's a new england double ipa pretty cool can art here a lot of uh a lot of random stuff crooked 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 crab has uh always seems to have you know their their can art on point so yeah digging that too all right about you I will finish things up here, and I'm drinking. I actually drank this in the second half of last week's show, but um, I didn't go pick up anything new. I'm, I'm going to go tomorrow for the Super Bowl. But I didn't announce it, but it is the Sierra Nevada Big Little Thing IPA. It is a, uh, I believe it's a double Imperial IPA for them. It's a 9 percenter, so pretty good here. Um, I believe I gave this a 4 on untapped, and my phone just locked itself, so I can't tell you. 3 and 3 quarters. So, you know, it's good, but not like hitting that threshold of like, you know, wow, it's the, it's a pretty typical IPA, but cheers guys. Let's have a good show. All right. All right. So before we jump into all the baseball talk, uh, I feel like we got to talk about the obvious news coming up this weekend. And that is the Super Bowl. Um, we don't need to drive, dive into any analysis here, you know, truly, but just want to get everybody's quick uh, predictions for this game. And, and Connor, we'll start with you. Uh, maybe Connor froze, so maybe we won't stop with Connor. Uh, AJ. <laughs> All right. Um, I, yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't feel like I, I really want to dive into a lot of analysis on this. I think it's, I heard on the radio today, uh, Shout out WIP uh, 94-1 Philadelphia. And they were uh, they were talking about the game, and, and uh, I, can't, I can't remember which host it was on the show, but basically they were talking about how, you know, outside of really Cincinnati, there's, there's not really any fans that are rooting against either one of these teams, I feel like. You know, Los Angeles not really a great sports fan town i believe you know in my opinion you at like least. the lakers well it's it's, it's pretty much it it feels it's like to do i feel like it's the it's the cool thing to do if you're a celebrity to go out in los angeles and <laughs> go pick up a 
a Clippers game or a, a Lakers game or a Dodgers game or whatever. Like I, the fans are just, I, in my opinion, I just don't think they're as passionate as some of the other towns. Um, but yeah, they were talking about how it's like, well, there's not really a, a team to root against. Like, you know, there's no Tom Brady, there's no Patriots. So there's no hated, you know, foe to be, well, I want the other team to win because I'm sick of this team or whatever. It's also the Super Bowl. So, like, everybody wants to talk about, like, home field advantage. But, like, who can afford – I mean, and I get it. Like, you're yeah. in L.A., so maybe a bunch of L.A. fans can. But, like, the tickets are ridiculous. Like, it's it's only, oh, like – You know, it, it's not just hometown fans that are going to be able to go to the Super Bowl for this. Like, it's going to be everybody oh, yeah. from everywhere. It doesn't matter. Like, it's – yeah. No. Um yeah, anyway. I, uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't mind. Like, I mean, I, I don't really have a dog in the fight, so I don't, I don't really care who wins. I think I'll be kind of happy either way. Um, I mean, I just want to see a good game. Uh, I, I would give the the edge to as much as I'd like to say, Cincy. I think I'm giving the edge to LA, um, mostly because their defense is just ridiculous um and burrow just doesn't have a lot of protection so his line needs to to really kind of hold back or they, they need to come up with some schemes to to keep him protected and not on his ass uh right. otherwise it's it's gonna be a long long game for him <laughs> yeah um all right so connor welcome back you had a little technical difficulties it happens no big deal uh so aj picked the rams okay um what's your pick and why so i'm a cardinals fan st louis fan all around and so i cannot root for the rams ever ever again. ah they left town <laughs> yep Hurt my Although feelings. they came to you from LA too, so like, did they really leave? When they like, came, they just... I wasn't born yet though. So, oh man, God, started I, off. I think AJ, we found the we real are reason. So old, <laughs> and so for that reason, yeah, I gotta pick the Bengals. I think it's gonna be like in the twenties, like 28, 27, something like that. Pretty close game. Yeah, you, but... you can be honest with us, Connor. It wasn't technical difficulties. You just didn't want to talk about those damn Rams. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. They ripped your heart out, man. Moving. They did. They did it bad. So yeah, can never. I I hope they're cursed. I hope they never win. Nothing against. This is the not players. as bad it's as just... what the Colts did to Baltimore. I mean, in the middle of the night. It's it's really the same as like Oakland fans. I feel like you had the Oakland Raiders, and they became the LA Raiders, and then they're Oakland again, and now they're Las Vegas. It's like, what's next? The Vancouver Raiders. I, I don't know. <laughs> no, Canada, God, Canada no. needs a team. <laughs> But yeah, it's gonna be real what? tough stopping Aaron Donald though, AJ. for the for the Bengals. Yeah, that's gonna be and Vaughn Miller on top of that. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. be brutal. So I'll give my quick pick. Uh, I've been on a couple shows this week talking about this game, and my pick is the Rams twenty-seven, Bengals twenty-four. I think the Bengals will cover the spread. Um, would it shock me if the Bengals took this game? Absolutely not, because they've just. Oh. They have just surprised. I mean, nobody thought they were for a while there. Nobody even thought they were going to make the playoffs. Right. And if they did, it was kind of like, what are they going to really be now? I will say 
and AJ, you know this, I picked them to make the AFC Championship game. I just also picked them to get slaughtered by the Chiefs. And it looked like it was going to happen until all of a sudden they were like, yeah. oh, yeah, we're going to play like, football and, and shut down Mahomes for 42 yards in the second half yeah. until this that last drive. 60 minutes. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I still think it's going to be a close game. But I, along the same lines as what you guys are saying, I think the biggest problem is going to be the, the Bengals' offensive line versus the Rams defensive line. Now the defensive secondary for the Rams isn't that good, even with Ramsey back there. Like they're ranked twenty second in the NFL. I forget the stat exactly, but it's right around there in yards allowed. So they're not spectacular on the defensive back side, like the secondary. But it's that front that front four, the front five, you know, if you want to count a couple of linebackers coming in. I mean <laughs> the Bengals got sacked what what was it? Nine was it eight or nine times against the Titans? That's like if that if the Rams get anywhere um, even close to that, nine there's times. no, there's yeah, thank you. There's no chance that the Bengals overcome that like they did against the Titans. The Rams' offense is far superior to the Titans' offense, so there's just no chance. I mean, the Bengals were able to you know shut down the Titans' defense or offense and keep it close to where to overcome nine sacks, which is unheard of. So I, I just don't think it's going to happen. I think we're going to see four or five sacks at least from this Rams defense, you know, unless they just game plan the living shit out of it and somehow get you know see a bunch of checkdowns to mix in or or whatever. Like maybe they just do a bunch of like quick slants and things like that to get the ball out. That's I think that they have to go in trying to do. But their offense is designed to go downfield with Chase and Higgins and and, and guys like that, and so. You try to change that just the game plan around the defensive line, I think it puts them in a, in a bad situation. So, But I still think it's going to be a close game because Stafford's going to probably throw one, two picks just like he always does. And, they'll, you know, they'll figure it out. So um, that's my pick. Moving on here. I got a quick um, not watching <laughs> Chiefs show. <laughs> Sorry, Rob. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. They totally did. Um Andy Reid is choking on a cheesesteak right now as well. Uh, he's uh, he, he's he's good at he, yeah he's he's good at, good at doing that right. I, I thought um, that game was over when the Chiefs won the coin toss. At the, oh, the I did too. I know. Oh, well, so did Burrow. You see him on the sideline? Oh, <laughs> it, was, it was like poetic justice. Like, oh well, we got screwed by the coin flip last week. Let's, right. let's all right. We got to make sure the Kansas City gets it. Absolutely. Oh, what's that of his tails? Oh, let me kick it real quick. Oh, sorry, man. <laughs> My bad. Um, all right, so quick update here. Just you know, we might do this every week if if we have something to talk about. But lockout update for the MLB, obviously not decided yet, not resolved. Um, I will say this: they've at least agreed, or at least major Major League Baseball has just come out and said there's going to be a universal DH. Yes. Thank you. I'm tired of watching pitchers hit, except for like three of them. <laughs> Degrom, there's no, no more. Degrom, <laughs> yeah, Degrom and Bumgarner, and I feel like there's one more who's actually like halfway decent, and I can't think Four of who it is. Pretty decent too. Well, we haven't seen it for two years, so I forgot. I mean, hey, wait, 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 wait. Let us not detract from Mr. Oh Bartolo Colon. Yes, I know exactly where you're going, Mr. Double Machines. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh man. Big sexy baby, come on! Better hair, Boba Shit, Danzy Swanson, or Connor? <laughs> nice uh, trend. Oh man, oh, that was tough, man. Uh, Danzy's my vote's Connor all day. 
Yeah. Hey, one vote for me. There we go. We'll do it. Um, so yeah, just you know, it, Manfred's come out and it just—I think it was just today, maybe yesterday—said they're going to get a deal done, and, and he doesn't expect games to be uh, delayed or uh, you know canceled or right. whatever. Um, I don't believe it. I'll be perfectly honest with you. And you know, all the players are coming out and saying there's no chance. Like you guys aren't even close and you know, they're missing out on, you know, they're missing out on you know, the, the minimum salary requirements that, that they want. And, and, uh, and, the um, the on, like, minor everything. league, you know, <laughs> the minor league that crap that they're doing, you know, just the manipulation Always. with the service time and, you know, there's, there's other things too, but like, they're just not budging enough on that stuff to, please the the players and so the players are saying you know screw you guys and you know they'll figure it out i, I agree rob manfrey needs to be out but you know what they're not gonna do it. it's the same thing with goodell you know he he's the owner's guy and so the owners pay his salary the owners like him he wants to do what the owners want to do and uh you know and, until no, that he, changes he does what the owners want him to do he is a figurehead it's just like manfred kind of what i meant but yeah. Anyway, um, you guys got any thoughts about the lockout? Like, what your predictions are with it, Connor? Uh, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna get it done sometime soon. I think they're gonna. Both sides are gonna like crunch together, and I feel like most of the regular season is gonna be intact. Not sure what they're gonna do for spring training. I mean, it's pretty much time for pitchers and catchers to report. Right. That doesn't look like it's happening. But... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that's my worry is that if they don't figure this out, you know, what's the product going to be that gets out on the field? You know, we saw what happened in 2020, you know, granted there was no fans in the stands either. It was a little bit different, um, so, sort of, uh, but like, I just, I had zero interest in baseball that season. Um, and, you know, I think that that's going to happen again. If, if, they don't get something done soon. Like they were lucky that they had the NBA trade line in the news this week. And then they have the Super Bowl. Um, football's over after that, you know, basically, or they're just going to be starting draft talk again uh, already because they're like, oh, sorry, baseball, you, you missed it. <laughs> so it's just going to, it's going to set them back so far um if if they don't get something done soon yeah honestly man like if they don't it, i agree with you man like if i i have lost a lot of interest in baseball compared to what it used to be just three years ago yeah. um and so i, I just ugh. i'm not i mean if, if it goes dead again I think they're gonna they're gonna just they're gonna be digging themselves out of a hole for a long time. They're gonna have to like allow steroids again for that crap to come back and get popular again. <laughs> well, they already came um, out and said that the balls were juiced last year. No, years, two years ago, the, right? Last no. year, no. Last year they got. Well, I think they were juiced in the second half. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't the first half. The first half it was dead. Uh, but yeah. we got a question from Rob. Uh, does the MLB really need five full weeks of spring training? Start on time. I mean, I don't know. 
but they need at least three, three and a half. These guys got to yeah. get stretched. The pitchers yeah. got to get stretched out, right? You got to get, you know, you got to get your, you, you got to figure out. There's obviously going to be uh, playing time, not playing time, um, competitions that they got to figure out for for some positions on certain teams. Uh, you got to get. I say you got to get at least like three and a half weeks. Yeah, I think there's going to be uh, tons of injuries too this year. I mean, just like last year and the year before. Right. I mean, COVID that's and the injuries, biggest problem. It's going to be, um, especially with the smaller spring training. That's they're not yeah. fully stretched out. They're just going to uh-huh. stack up just like it did last season, a season ago. Yeah, that's another problem. It's you know, a lot of the the player talk that I've heard, you know, throughout. Yeah, is just everybody is, Agreed. is looking at. Um, we need to get. Uh, you know, I don't even know where I was going with this. I'm totally spaced. <laughs> Thanks for the All shout right. out, Alan. We'll just move on. I agree. Uh, <laughs> we'll just move on. So, all right, let's get into the what we're here for, really, and that is to talk about some 2022 free agent talk. And you know, we'll start with some of the big names that have actually signed already. And we're going to start with the team who made the biggest splash here, and that is the Texas Rangers. And they went out and got uh, Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, John Gray, Cole Calhoun, just to name a couple. Um, so, you know, to start here, you know, Seager and Simeon, you know, they they had a, they had a recent success, especially last year. But they've also had like very up and down careers. It feels like you know, it just has a really dead years. Um, you know, can can they both continue to excel and 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 build off of last year, or are we gonna see a dip now that you know Texas lineup, even with these guys there, probably isn't really awesome. So, what do you think, Connor? I think uh, I think they're actually gonna be quite decent. Um, I mean, yeah, some of the guys in there obviously aren't as good. I mean, they're moving from in Los Angeles is Mookie Betts is the leadoff hitter and Toronto. You're looking at George Springer. I mean, both of those guys are considerably better than anybody else on the Texas Rangers besides their Seager and Simeon. So finding the leadoff hitter is going to be tough. The guy who's going to be batting in front of these guys. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be their biggest issue. But um, one thing I did find interesting was the Rangers were like top three in stolen base attempts since uh, Woodward became manager in like 2019. So, I mean, I think this is a team that is going to try finding a way to score. With this, these improved hitters compared to what they were last year, I think Seager and Simeon could find some RBIs right there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think they will continue. Let's see. And they also do have some uh, prospects like Jonah Heim and Josh Young. Yeah. I mean, they could end up being pretty good, especially Young. I like him yeah, a lot. Like, yeah, we talked yeah. about him last week with uh, with Chris here. Uh, he, he's a big favorite of everybody's. But um. Yeah, I mean, and Seager came on pretty strong in the last part of uh, last season, and uh, really, that kind of got him his contract. <laughs> but um, oh, well, yeah, I mean, he, yeah, World he was a, MVP the year before in a shortened season. Yeah, I mean, he was, I mean, he was a stud, like you know, his second and third year, and then you know, but kind of, kind of dropped off. So I kind of wonder, like, is it is the contract warranted for him? I'm not, I'm still not totally sure, but um. It's a lot of money. It is a yeah. lot of money for a guy who, I mean, hit 16 bombs last year. I know it was only 95 games, but, you know, three years ago, full almost a full season, 19 bombs again. Like, 
I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, I think the talent is there, but he's already going to be 28 and, you know, we've sh- he's already shown a lot of inconsistency in his in his play, so that it does concern me that the money spent may not be worth it there. Um yeah, Trent's saying every game, every game for the Rangers can be nine to seven unless they figure out the pitching. Well, they obviously don't care. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, as long as they're I the hear. one with the nine. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, as far as Simeon, like for for me, man, Simeon is, is interesting because you know he has some monster years, you know, early on, and then sort of dropped off, and and then. And then came back really strong here. You know, two years ago in Oakland was just awesome. And then last year in Toronto, like, nobody expected that. You know, he's he's going to be 31 going on 32 halfway through the year here. I mean, we still expecting double-digit steals from this guy, Connor? Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially after the what I just said with the Rangers. Yeah? Stealing a lot of bases, getting a lot of attempts. I think he's double digits for sure. Yeah. I mean, he, he's only been non-double digits twice in his career, you know, and those are the first two years. I'm not counting 2020 there because of the shortened season. Um, you know, if he would have played a full season there, he probably would have been fine. So, uh, I, Simeon's, he's interesting to me. He's very, I don't want to say streaky. I thought that he would be streaky. And he just seemingly kind of put it together finally in, in Oakland uh, back in 19. Um, yeah. You know, it, and in 16, he had a really good season too. Uh, right. That's what I'm saying. He had a really good season. Then kind of dropped back down. Crap. But, <laughs> yeah. You know, his average has been climbing ever since then. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think if he if he hangs around the, that 265, you know, two two seventy range. Even if even if he's in, into the two high two fifties, maybe as long as he's getting on base, he's going to make things happen. So I I like back the in Oakland. Spot. Get on base. Just kidding. Huh? It's a money ball reference. Just kidding, um, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> I caught over your smile, nodding his head. It was a long time <laughs> ago. So. Jeez. All, All right. About the OBP. <laughs> That's right. Um. So. My, my my last question with with the Rangers here is is surrounding as I knock my microphone uh, thing off here um, is surrounding one of their pitchers and and you know Trent mentioned you know the, it'll be bad unless they figure out pitching but John Gray has always been an interesting talent you know and of course people always think like oh he's gonna be good he's gonna be good. But he played in Colorado, so he'll never be good, right? So now he's not in Colorado. So what's what's your thoughts on him now that he is finally out of Colorado? Can he be the pitcher that everybody really thought he could be? I mean, he could, but honestly, I'm not sold on it yet. I mean, I want to see what he can do first, but like, I don't know. I mean, he only has... Um two seasons with 20 games and a sub four ERA. I mean, four, I mean, that's like kind of average. Right. It could be better, but it's really not too bad. But, but I mean, he played in Corzo, so it's hard to, it's hard to really put a lot of stock into the, the ERA it there is. It is, for, yeah. for him. So I, you give him a little bit of a pass on that, 
But I'm kind of with you. I kind of think he hovers, you know, at best, like high threes. Yeah. I'm not loving him much. Like I said, I'd rather wait to see what happens as well. Um, You know, because Texas does get pretty hot in the summer and the balls fly out of that park. So it could be, you know, reminiscent of what he had to deal with in cores, you know, in a, in a bit of a different sense, but um, I, I'm, I'm more of a wait and see with gray. <laughs> Dave, we'll, we'll get there, man. Unfortunately, we've got them uh, a little bit farther down the list, but we we've got them. Some people around um, Gray's ADP that I kind of liked a little bit more, like Steven Matz, like Zach Plesek, like even like a Granky. Yeah, I guarantee you there's somebody reaching on on Gray higher than me, but I am fairly intrigued. I will say once Texas moved to the new park, by the way, it isn't as much of a hitters and home run park as the old one, AJ. so, you know, to say it's comparable to Coors is not... Oh, I'm not saying it's comparable to Coors. I just think it's, you know, and maybe I'm just thinking of the older stadium, but it's still still a bit of a bandbox. I mean, I think it's, in general, summer heats up, you know, around the league. People have been playing for a little while. Maybe not this year. We'll see. But um, they're getting into grooves, and down there it just seems like it's it's... Homer happy. So, yeah. Me a little, uh, little, little side question here before we get to the next team from Rob. You know, how do we feel about the Royals' future with Bob, Bobby Witt, uh, Montesi, and and Lopez as Nikki Lopez? Uh, I mean, I like I like Bobby Witt, and I like Montesi if he could ever stay on the field longer than ten games. It feels like. Yeah. Um, yeah. I still think the team's gonna struggle overall. Like they, you know, they're gonna struggle to find consistent pitching and and enough bats in that lineup to really make a difference um they they would have to hit home runs on pretty much everybody kind of like they did the year they they won the world series um at you know young cheap value they all have to kind of click at the same time somehow yeah that's the only way it really works for unfortunately for teams like the royals so do love me some bobby witt jr though yeah i do yeah no we talked about him last week uh Go ahead, Rob. Good look. Check out last week's show with uh, Chris Blessing. He's a prospect guy from Baseball HQ. He um, he he talked he talked a lot about Bobby Witt, and uh, he's f- phenomenal. So, um, anyway, All let's right. move on so here to the next team, AJ. To the New York Mutts. Um, I mean, <laughs> says Atlanta, the Phillies fan. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, Atlanta, you know, obviously coming off a World Series win. Uh, championship and you know they do have a lot of holes to fill though and uh, a lot of free agents on that squad um coming into the season some of which we'll talk about a little later but connor do you think that the mets have done enough with their moves and again we're looking at you know max scherzer uh starling Marte, mark Kana, um and eduardo escobar I mean, are are these moves an, enough for the Mets to legitimately make a run at the NL East this season? I, I think they could be, but I mean, they are the Mets. It seems like they get like pretty good talent, but like it's hard for them to go all the way. It seems like I don't know what it is internally or whatever, but it seems like sometimes they have a hard time clicking. But 
I mean, this Mets is one of the themselves. toughest divisions. I mean, yeah, you got the Braves. I mean, even the Nationals with a star like Juan Soto, they're going to be pretty yeah. good. And, I mean, Phillies aren't bad either. Bryce Harper he had a really good year last year. I mean, yep, it's yep. going to be tough. I feel like they're just going to beat up on each other, and it's kind of, you know, who can squeak it out in the end. Um, yeah, yeah that's, I, mean, I, I mean, that's what this division's been, I feel like. You know, and the Marlins are in there. They're just – you know, an annoyance. Uh, they they yeah. randomly just have pretty good pitching staffs that that they've put together, and you know, guys that that can you know be role players at least on offense and and get some runs here and there. So, you know, they're going to get theirs, and and you know, they're they're a few body blows in, but um, I I think it's really just a four team race and. You know, it's going to come down to whenever that last month of baseball is um, for, for who's going to really put it together and shine here. So, um, but speaking of uh, of shining here, we've got Mr. Mad Max and his two colored eyes still, still out there throwing the ball around. I mean, how much do we really think he has in the tank at this point? I think he's got enough to last into the contract and um I mean completely different sport but I mean it's a guy like Tom Brady you know yeah. he just retired but he looked like he could still keep playing for another 5 years but so um, for me it's kind of hard to start like doubting these guys as they you know creep up towards you know 40 years old but yeah I mean yeah a season ago he was dynamite you know he hasn't really showed any slowing down one bit so I I have no reason to doubt him I mean I don't know. Maybe it's the Mets. Maybe, yeah, the Mets will mess with them and they won't even make the playoffs this year or something, which would, I mean, I don't know. You got two pitchers like Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer. I mean, those are two of the top pitchers. I mean, they could very easily be number one and number two in Cy Young voting at the end of the season. Yeah, that's going to be, you know, at least two wins a week, you, you would hope. Um, coming from those guys as long as they're shutting it down and the offense can do something. And, you know, now that they got Marte in the in the fold here, maybe that happens. But, I mean, can he even stay healthy in 2022? Can he stay on the field enough to play? Yeah, that, that's a tough one because, yeah, he kind of does have, um, like, some oblique injuries that have kind of, like, plagued him for a little while. But, um, I mean, he, has, he did play a good amount last season. But um, I did see he posted on Twitter or Instagram. It was one of the two. He's like horseback riding. And uh, it was like Jonas Cespedes just a couple seasons ago was um, like working on his farm or whatever. And so he got injured for uh, messing with like a boar or something, if you guys remember that at all. Yeah. And he like missed the whole season. Yep. Um, so I don't know. Maybe uh, that, that could just be like a Mets thing again if he gets hurt. Like. Like, I mean, the Mets get these good players, but, I mean, yeah, if he can't stay healthy, then I'm not so sure if it's going to be, like, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough trying to predict if someone can, like, stay healthy or not. Cause yeah. I mean, kinda, looking, at, looking at his, you know, last year he, he had 120 games. Um, 2020, obviously, was a short season. Uh, you know, 132 in 19, 145 in 18. So it's, you know... It's not that he's a massive injury risk. He just misses some time. And I think it's enough 
to kind of derail him for uh, you know a week here and then uh, you know another week there and whatnot so even though he's on the field and he's playing I, I just think that these injuries even though they are fairly minor um they end up creeping up and, and hurting him more overall than just uh you know him missing a week yeah i mean so uh, you know i want to say something about max scherzer and the fact you know we're worried about uh, injury, right? I mean, if you remember, just two years ago, he missed a significant amount of time uh, with with neck and back injuries, and yep. it reminds me of what's been happening with with Kershaw, right? Uh, and Max was able to overcome it, and he tries to play through it more than Kershaw ever did or, or does, um, and it, and it's fine, but. You know, and it seems to be working for him. He can somehow, you know, pitch through it and still dominate. But you wonder, like, when is it going to catch up to him? I mean, we're talking about a guy who's going to be going on his year thirty-eight season. Um, I know, you know, I'm a couple years older than that. Like, I get naked back injuries. Like, I'm not pitching baseballs. Like, hit you know, ninety-five miles an hour. Like, no chance. But these somehow he's able to do it because he's Mad Max. But eventually I think it's going to catch up to him and it's just a matter of when. And, and, and again, Connor, to your point, like it's super hard to predict the injuries. I have him ranked super high in my, in my starting pitcher rankings for this season still. Um, so I expect great things from him despite the Mets curse with pitching. And, uh, you know, to Dave's, to Dave's credit here, you know, over under DeGrom and Oof. he's pitched for this year 75. I hope it's more. I've got him in my dynasty yeah. team. Like I need way more out of him than seventy five. I want a dynasty team as well. It's it's brutal, man. Oh, when he yeah. misses, it's it's my season's done. <laughs> well, especially yeah. I mean, both of these guys are you know bona fide first round picks. You know, at, at times uh, in most leagues, I feel like um, <clears throat> you know the thing with Max too. I mean, his innings overall have just come down. Uh, I mean, he's not the 200 inning guy that he was back when he was, you know, young. I would say 28, 29, 30, 32, uh, you know, 33 even. Um, it, they've just <clears throat> fallen off completely from that. Um, you know, he's he's had some injuries that have that have really slowed him down, but he did look really damn good last year i mean he had under two era in la when he went there uh you know seven and oh 11 games started yeah, it was amazing I, once he drafted that's it. It just phenomenal sure you know um so i i'm a big max fan uh it's gonna be hard to kind of root for him being in a mets jersey <laughs> um but I mean, he was in a Nationals jersey for a long time, and I, I still loved him there. So, um, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be it's going to be an interesting interesting to see how it pans out for the Mets. Yeah, the uh, Mets and Nationals. Uh, if the season starts on time, I'm pretty sure they're slated to play Week One. So, Ooh, yeah, um, I believe they are. I feel like actually. they'd give Degrom the opening nod, but probably Game Two you might probably see Max Scherzer if it starts on time. So that'll be yeah. real fun to watch. So next team here that we're going to stop on here is the Los Angeles Angels. And, you know, they signed uh, Iglesias, signed, we just mentioned, Thor, Mr. Noah Syndergaard. Uh, 
they signed Laup and they signed um, Mike Lorenzen. Um, you know, the top two guys here are the ones we're going to really focus on here. And, and, and the big thing with Thor, right, is just, God, can he stay healthy? Can he shake off the, you know, the rust that, you know, from missing basically two full seasons here um, and get back to even being a an above average starting pitcher? I mean, at one point, man, he was considered top five, top ten in a lot of in a, in a lot of circles and for good reason. Yeah. But what, what's your thoughts, Connor? Uh, yeah, I mean, I totally think if he could stay healthy, then he's going to be super valuable in fantasy baseball. I mean, and, and real baseball to the Angels. I mean, the team that needs a starting pitcher like that is them. Uh, pair him with Otani and with hopefully a good offense again. I mean, that's kind of a sleeper team right there that you know could make a wild card spot or maybe even win that division if the Astros kind of fall behind. But uh, yeah, I do like Noah Syndergaard. But yeah, again, it comes down to that health. Is really his biggest question mark. I feel like a lot of it was, you know, just, or at least we all think to some degree that it was super mismanagement by the Mets with the injuries, like letting him try to pitch totally. through them, right? Instead of just shutting him down for two, three weeks and coming back, but they would let him like pitch through an elbow injury, and you're like, no. Yeah, and they um, did the same thing with Degrom last season too, where he was yep. kind of pitching while yeah. he was a little hurt. They they mets themselves and it's it's bad. <laughs> um, I mean I, I do like Syndergaard. Uh, I, I like the landing spot for him. It's uh, you know new coasts, new mentality. Uh, I mean the, the dude's still only twenty nine, so he's he's definitely in that zone of where you kind of really see pitchers start getting really good and in at least my opinion um you know take again max for example that that was his dominant stretch um you know most dominant stretch but you know i think that that he's gonna need he's gonna need to be worked in slower i think he's gonna have to overcome you know the the mental aspect of it you know from what he's been put through in new york and just if he can shake that rust off, I really like where where his upside could be. Yeah. Um, and Dave, rule number two, number two, never rely on a pitcher to tell you that he can pitch through an injury. <laughs> but I agree with you, man. <laughs> Pitchers get injured far too often. It's yeah. hard to rely on them. So yeah, especially now. Keep working the waiver wire. Setting a new record every year with the injuries. Um, and uh, yeah, maybe my producer should do his job and shouldn't make me do it 20, 20 seconds before the show. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, make that a plan. Yeah, I want to slide this one time. Yeah, slide this one time. You know I'm right. Um, so next next guy I want to talk about here is uh, Rossiel Iglesias. Um, yeah, very good pitcher in in my opinion. Just uh, is always sort of underwhelmed a little bit um, compared to what you think he can be. Um, you know, the strikeouts are always phenomenal, but you know, what, what's your thoughts on a potential, you know, 40 game save season here from him with the addition of a, of a Syndergaard and, and, and you know, maybe a full 
hopefully a full season of trout. <laughs> yeah, I'm not completely sold on it. I mean, he is a really good pitcher, but like 40 saves, like um, I'm not even sure if anyone reached 40 saves last season. I yep. think, he was at and, 34, actually. Way yeah, better than everybody was. Looking at that. So, like, yeah, he's definitely one of those guys Warm. that are, like, really close. But I just, I mean, 40, like, I think he might be around, like, 37, 38. So, like, he's there, but I don't think he's above 40. I think, uh, like, Josh Hader, like, Liam Hendricks are a better chance for 40 saves than um, Iglesias. I mean, the Angels have mostly been, like, a middling team. It's not like they've been super great. Not many, like, save opportunities. But um, I do like him. He's a good pitcher, probably, like, three number three or number four, like, closing pitcher out there. Yeah, I mean, I think the the big thing here, too, is, you know, the, the other pitcher that we mentioned here coming back in, you know, is Mike Lorenzen. You know, not that he's, you know, world-breaking or anything like that, but he's familiar with Iglesias. They've pitched together in Cincinnati. Uh, you know, he used to be the setup guy for him. Um, and then he used to steal staves from him occasionally. So uh, I, I think, you know, if anything, it's, it's like a comfort safety uh, safety net, you know, that we use. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I think if Iglesias, again, can kind of get out of his own way um, and not have like breaks where he just gets hit, you know, gets hit up. Um, I, I think he can hit 40. I think it's going to be, it'll be close. Um, you know, we, we, we did not see a 40 last year. I thought that we, we did, did not. Oh, Melanson. Melanson got uh, 39. Yeah. Who would have thought that Missed going into the season? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess I mean, this is this is my problem where I where you know I fully admit I uh, I have not paid as much of attention to baseball as as uh, I probably should have, but uh, I'm thinking of Iglesias in 2019 when he had a utterable above four ERA. Other than that, dude, the dude's been yeah. legit. Like mm-hmm. so, take back my he, he hasn't been as good as we all thought he was. And he's been crazy good. And- in, oh yeah, he got lit up that 90s. year. I, I guess who had him in, I had, in leagues? I had him. I had him in leagues too, and it was just <laughs> like, "What's going on here?" He blew so many saves. He still got yeah. thirty-four saves, which was pretty amazing. I mean, uh, Kirby, the, the Kirby ERA Yates was, was the only one to get forty in that crushing. season. Forty-one. I think I had Kirby Yates that season. And then the year before that, nice. he had Edwin Diaz at fifty-seven, Wade hmm. Davis forty-three, and Kimbrel at forty-two when he was with Boston. So. It's it's a it's definitely like a, a landmark amount. I feel like just just to have that many opportunities in general, too. Um, you know, teams just have to. I mean, you see the closure by committee now, and in, in, yeah. in a lot of teams, even when they've got like a a guy who is the lockdown one that they use, like they're only going to use him for two straight days or whatever, you know, at most. And yeah. so you don't see the the guys going for three anymore. But um, so. All right, well, let's stick with the uh, the pitching nonsense here, I guess, and uh, we'll have a little little trade off of sorts, talking about um, you know a couple individual guys here. First one, we'll start off with Mr. Kevin Gosman, um, former Oriole. So Joe and I are quite familiar with Gosman and and his uh, ways, we'll say. Um, 
or former ways. 2021, I mean, this guy put together a career year. Um, it was best best season of his career. Pitcher friendly, San Francisco, obviously. Now he heads to uh, the Rogers Center in Toronto, and you know, while that's uh, not as pitcher friendly of a park, it's just in general a brutal offensive division. Um, you know, the the lucky part for him is that he's on Toronto this time and not on the Orioles. Um, so he has to face, he gets to face them occasionally. Uh, but he's just not familiar with this division in a good way. So do you think Gaussman can continue his success from San Francisco last year and be this year's version of, you know, the 2021 Cy Young winner from Toronto, Mr. Robbie Ray? Uh, I think, yeah, I think he'll get close. Am I on here? Okay. Yeah, you're good. Okay, yeah, I do think he'll get close. I mean, I think his strikeouts are a little bit down. Robbie Ray's always had a little bit higher yeah. strikeouts. Yeah. But for the most part, their career numbers are pretty similar. Um, and Yeah, I mean, I had Gosman in 2021. He treated me well. So, <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to be targeting him again. You and me both. Me too. He went there super we late. I was like, uh, uh-huh. yeah, click. Thanks. Thanks, yeah, guys. <laughs> late round value starting pitchers that end up going blowing up like Osman help out. Yeah. Um but yeah, I do like him. I'm not sure if he's gonna win a Cy Young. I mean American League is probably gonna be tough to win a Cy Young. We still yeah. have guys like Robbie Ray went to the Mariners, um, like Garrett Cole, Shane Beaver, even like a Lucas Giolito is pretty gar pretty darn good. Um yeah. but yeah, I mean I, I like him and it is a tough division like you were saying, one of the like most competitive uh divisions, but I do like him for this year. Yeah. So speaking of uh, speaking of Bray there, um, you know, you mentioned he went to the Mariners and that's who I was talking about. It was basically like a flip flop. You know, he went he went west. Gosman went from west to east. Um, you know, he's taking his Cy Young talents out there to pitcher friendly Seattle and really a weak division. Um, I mean, you got Houston, but they're, they're kind of up and down in my opinion they they've lost springer already um you know they're gonna lose correa they're gonna lose correa yeah so i mean oakland's been you know in the mix oakland's they're fine okay they have some good hitters there but i texas will pick things up obviously but yeah i'm not sure we think they're a juggernaut offense yet tougher than Mm. it was last year we would say but um i mean should we just hand ray the cy young now or do you expect more of a return closer to some of his career numbers um you know back in era and and whatnot walks (laughs) yeah yeah that's the Um, big one (laughs) yeah it's gonna be hard to tell i mean i think maybe a little bit of regression but um i mean honestly like yeah i mean no reason he can't go out there and do it again i mean like the division's okay. I mean, Mike Trout. I mean, he hasn't been able to play for the Angels in a full season for a while. So I mean, that kind of just weakens them. Um, but I don't know. I do think it's a little too early. Just go and hand out the Cy Young, though. I mean, like I was saying with Gosman. Yeah. I mean, you got like Garrett Cole and you know Shane Bieber. Those guys. I mean, are the top dogs. I think even though Robbie Ray did just come out and prove he could do it. Um, 
So I, I don't know. That one's tough for me, but I do like Robbie or Robbie Ray this year, but I don't know if I'm ready to give him the Cy Young. Yeah. yeah to, to me, like the, when you look at Robbie Ray, like you look at his pitch, you know, repertoire and, and you saw that last year, he, he cut down the usage of his cutter a ton and upped his usage of his fastball, which is clearly his best pitch. Um, he increased his change up slightly, but I'm not sure that was enough to really make the biggest difference. The biggest difference is he got rid of the cutter, which was weird. Like that's usually a good pitch for people could go strike out pitch for people. But, um, you know, if he can continue that and that works, you know, you know, we, we've also seen a lot of times where one year, you know, teams haven't quite caught on to that. That's exactly what they're doing. Um, until it's too late and they're just dominating over it. And then the next season it's like, Oh yeah, this is what he's doing. So, Get That's, trash can lids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that. Um, but I mean, I, I don't think we're gonna see you know six you know and five ERA Robbie Ray anymore that you know we've seen in the past. I agree with um, that. But I think he's yeah, somewhere he's more in like the mid to high threes ERA. I don't think we're getting below three ERA anymore from him. Um, I also don't think we're getting a less than three walks per nine Robbie Ray anymore. I mean, he, he never really came close to that in his career. Um, he was three and a half and higher, basically. So I think we're going to see, you know, negative regression from him, but he's still going to be a solid pitcher. Um, I just, I won't have him anywhere because I know somebody's chasing last year's stats for sure in my league somewhere. Yeah, just like Kevin Gosman. I mean, he's getting picked a lot higher this year. Yeah, than of course. A season ago. Yeah. yeah, I won't have him either because of it. I like yeah, him, but I won't have him. Players after that, there's that other guys up. that I think could be this year's Ray and Gosman, who I'll take much later, and I'll I'll let you guys have Ray and Gosman at their inflated prices. Let's yeah, see, I wrote a yeah. couple names down for some players who I thought could be um, similar, like um, like I do like um, Kyle Hendricks and. You know, like a Wade Miley, too, are a couple of guys that are going pretty late in drafts that I like for pitchers. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, yeah, guys that late, it's kind of a little bit of a reach. Yeah, know, but, you know, weird. the problem is, like, the, the well, not the problem, the good thing about those guys that you take super late, they're easily replaceable. You, yeah. Like, if they disappoint early, you're like, bye, cut, go get uh -huh. the next hot guy and just, you know, hope that they – continue on if not if once they start stumbling you go get the next hot player you just if you start streaming until you find one that sticks and you know you would love to draft everybody that works but it just doesn't work that way yeah all right what's the next team we got here yeah so we're getting to dave eddie's detroit tigers and uh you know they they made Made a couple signings here. Got uh, Javi Baez coming over from the Cubs. We got Eduardo Rodriguez coming over from the Red Sox. And Tucker Barnhart. Um, you know, the, I might get your opinion here quick on Rodriguez as well. I didn't put it in the show notes, but I am kind of curious now that I, I looked at the list again. But uh, Javi Baez is obviously the biggest name here. Uh, has been a phenomenal player for the Cubs. Sort of dropped off, you know. But still putting up, at least for fantasy purposes, very good numbers overall. Like, very good counting stats. You know, gets steals, gets gets home runs. Batting average could be a, a little bit better. He's a very aggressive player. And in OBP leagues, like, he's just atrocious for that. So, you're not, yeah. you're not getting in for that. But uh, 
I've had him in in a in a league where you know it's it's OBP, but I just don't care because I will take the you know the steals and the bombs from him and and all the other counting stats. But you know, what's your thoughts with him now in an offense that won't be as good as the Cubs, right? I mean, I personally don't think this offense is too awful. Um, you know, I think the players surrounding the um, Javi Baez on Detroit could be better than the players like around uh, Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager in Texas. Um, like I wrote about hmm. Akil Badu in the outfield preview that just released uh, yeah. a week ago. And, you know, I, I think he impressive rookie season. Um, you know, I think he could put up like a 2020 easy. I mean, a guy like that around him is going to be nice. I mean, even Grossman put up 2020 last season. Uh, I know some people are pretty high on Heimer Candelahario. I hope I said that right. I think I'm close. <laughs> um, Dave will let you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And even like Jonathan Scope's okay. You know, like he's not bad. Yeah. Um, so like I don't know. I, I think this is bomb. a team. I mean, that... Scope is always super undervalued, man. He's because he's not flashy. Like he's basically like power only. But you know that fits for some people. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, they still got Miggy in the lineup. I'm pretty sure is coming back. So like, I mean, he's not as good as he was. But I mean, Miggy's Miggy can't take away what he brings to the team. It's like I, re- yeah. I really don't think this team's too bad. But I mean, there's another division where they like to beat up on each other and kind of. Yep. You know, they all stay around that same record uh, for most of the year. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I do like the Javi Baez in this lineup. Yeah, I mean, looking at the, the comparisons there, it's, you know, the Tigers were 16th last year, you know, so middle of the road there at a 242 average overall compared to the Cubs being 237. So, yeah, fairly close. Um, you know, the, the difference was – uh, that I was looking at the other day. Where is it here? I think it was stolen bases. I mean, Detroit was up at seven, and Chicago was was wasn't far behind them there either. So that's probably not the one I was looking at. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think overall it, it was it was more power based. You know, just having the lineup there and, and you know coming to a new town. Um, you know, again, for Baez, I think it's just, I, I like the output. I, I like what he's done, but he is super aggressive. Like you said, Joe, I, that does worry me a little bit, especially with some of these pitchers he's going to be seeing, which mostly are White Sox pitchers, uh, Lance Lynn, Giolito. Um, he might have a, a little more trouble with some of those guys. Um, with that, that be better than what he saw in, in his old division. But um, yeah, I mean, well, my yeah. thing with him is like, it was weird because everybody was super down on him after 2020. And of course that shortened season, man, he was like one of the worst players in baseball. I felt like oh, I mean, eight bombs, terrible. you know, great. Yeah. It was only 60 games, but you know, eight bombs batted two Oh three. Damn. Um, bounced back to like a two sixty seven. Uh, average, but you know that was even lower than what you usually got from him. And you know he brought back the power, the RBI, and the the runs. You know were a, again back down from you know that probably near MVP season in 2018 when he went 34, yeah. 21 steals, and over 100 RBI and runs both. But 
I don't know. I mean, I still like him as a player. You know, as as Dave's Dave kind of mentioned here, Bias is a much better real life player. I think that's the defense, yeah. right? Like you love his defense out there. Um, you know, but his offense, I, I think it's, I think it's good uh, for for fantasy. It's just uh, I, I think everybody wants like the the new high upside guy, and sometimes like just getting you know upper 20s low 30s and and you know double digit steals like this with you know 80 80 runs in rbi super valuable there's somebody you can rely on like yeah so don't sleep on it guys like don't pass on on him for like the next up and coming star you you might regret that (laughs) shortstop is really deep this season it is everybody wants the the next you know the next thing it feels like and and they're passing on him big time so um all right yeah we got so that's pretty much it for detroit so finish off with the cubs here and then we'll jump into the unsigned guys yeah so uh like i said going back to the cubbies here (sighs) if i can pull up the right page do 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 i have too many windows open there it is okay Cubbies signed Stroman. Um, they've got themselves Yan Can Cook Gomes and uh, Mr. Clint Frazier. So I think okay. Stroman's exciting, I mean, but I, I, I've been, I, yeah, I mean, I like Stroman. Um, I've, I've been a fan of his. Joe, I think you'll disagree with us here, but no, um, I, I like him. I just my question with this was, the Cubs are. It feels like they're trying to rebuild. So why spend yeah. the money on a guy like Stroman? Like it seemed like it was kind of unnecessary <laughs> and pretty yeah, stupid. Yeah, at the time to be it seemed with. like Stroman was kind of looking towards the Cardinals. Maybe as a thing they just wanted to keep him from the Cardinals. Yeah, that's possible. I mean, but they they do. I do have... see what you're saying. I mean, looking at their lineup, it's pretty average. Pretty. <laughs> mediocre yeah. basic great yeah well i mean they they don't have rizzo there anymore they, they don't have bought Baez anymore um chris bryant's a free agent um it's not the same you know world series cubs team you know that we saw um you know just in general i i just think their their name the name value for the team isn't there um so maybe that's why they're doing it. You know, they're like, oh, wait, people know who Stroman is. Come on, go get him. Yeah, yeah. They're also a bread company. Come on, let's go. Um, you know, and then Gomes is good, but I mean, you already have like a very good catcher in Contreras. So, I mean, are you that worried about him that you need, uh, you know, the backup or, or is this more of the, uh, we really think this uh, universal DH thing is going to pan out. So we're, we're going to go ahead and, and try to, to get someone who can catch and, and then put Contreras there. Uh, Could be, yeah. It's a Frazier. Good idea. I mean, Frazier's a guy I owned in, in Dynasty years and years ago, you know, and then he just never came up. So I was like, what the hell? I, I mean, I, I think he's he's good. But he's not. I mean, he's average. He's yeah. He's, really he just he fits himself. in with, with what's there. Um. So I just I mean, are you even 
targeting anyone new or old in in the Cubs uniform this year for your 2022 squads? I mean, Contreras, yeah, like like you were saying. I mean, if he plays every day, gets some DH, and that could be pretty valuable at a catcher spot. Yeah. He ends up playing every day. Um, like this is my first year in TG FBI, and I just realized, you know, it's two catchers. It's not just one. I've never oh. played two catchers before, so um, that'll be interesting to kind of you know yeah. see how I figure that out there. Um, I know another guy on the hitting side, like Rafael Ortega. You know, he's a guy who got some steals, might be a double-digit steal guy. Um, could be pretty interesting late in drafts. Um, might find some value there. I mean, I mean uh, I'm not exactly sure what his ADP is, but he might be a guy that you might even find on the waiver wire after week one or week two, something like that. Um, but, yeah, on the pitching side, yeah, I got no problem going for Stroman or Kyle Hendricks, Wade Miley, and like I said um, yeah. before with the last question. Um yeah, like Wade Miley with that no hitter last year, that was pretty big. I had I picked him up like right before he did that. So. Nice, sweet. <laughs> yeah, felt good and getting that in there. Um, another guy, if he gets called up this year, Brendan Davis. I know lots of dynasty yeah. players uh, like Brendan Davis. If he gets the call up, so he'll probably be added in almost every league if he gets called up. Um, yeah. Besides for that, it's pretty slim pickings. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I tend to agree with you guys. So um, thank yeah. you. Let's, uh, let's finish it up here. And free agent games. <laughs> our, our unsigned free agent guys here. And uh, start off here with the first base position. We got um, Mr. Freddie Freeman and Anthony Rizzo. Obviously, Freeman's the... The name to really look out for, he's he's the hot commodity here, right, uh, that everybody wants and wondering where he's going to go. It feels weird to even think of him not being in a Braves uniform, but it almost feels like more and more every day, like when you hear the rumors that it's going to happen. Um, yeah. I've heard the Dodgers. I've heard we always hear the Yankees with every yeah. big player, right? But uh, you just hope that doesn't happen. Uh, I think everybody's sick of the Yankees signing all the big, the big names. But either way, man um, – you know what? What do you you know? Him and Rizzo have have obviously, honestly, if you look at their their stats, like pretty comparable stats overall, um, aside from average. You know, but yeah, Rizzo's you know, not good at average. <laughs> no, but uh, you know, it is it. Does that you know Rizzo's ADP is actually pretty low because of you know kind of some struggles the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, but you know, can can we expect him to bounce back and and be an, an upper tier first baseman again? I'm not sold on it personally, um, okay. and like some of it's part due to him, and I think some of it's also kind of due to some of the other first base uh, players that have emerged um, in baseball. I mean, like Ryan Mike Mountcastle. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about picking Mountcastle over Rizzo. Um, Jared Walsh, I think he might be better than Rizzo. Um, and Vlad Jr., obviously. I mean, a couple well, seasons yeah, that ago, was, Vlad that's Jr. Kind of a no brainer. I mean, yeah, Vlad Jr. is one of those guys that just broke out a couple seasons ago. Obviously, he wasn't getting picked over him. So I think those guys kind of push Rizzo down the rankings mm-hmm. and maybe put him in there as like um, like a bench spot. But I don't. I'm not sure if I'm sold on him being a starter for fantasy baseball. I agree with you, man. I've got him ranked pretty low in my first base rankings right now. Um, you know, 
I can see myself moving him up slightly, but not a bunch, man. I mean, I've got I've just got a lot of guys ahead of him that I just feel more comfortable starting. And yeah. yeah, him and Freeman's numbers are pretty similar, but I don't know. I just feel Freeman's the safe bet. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Freeman's yeah. definitely the, Freeman's the a stud. better the better get there. You know, he's got one more I guess you could call it one more year under his belt. It's like twenty games or something. Um but I mean the, the average alone, you know, neither one of them's really a threat on the base paths anymore. Um you know, the home runs are there. They're both right at uh, c- close to the 300. Um, yeah, so... Freeman's, Freeman's been much better lately. That's the uh, thing. Oh, it's he, just like, yeah. 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 And he he's a guy that you used to look at and be like, oh, he's an injury risk and this and that. I, don't know, I, I went back through and I looked at his games no. played and it's, he's really not. It was, you know, the thing with was, Freeman was, was that he didn't have the thing. offense around him. So everybody yeah. went, okay. Uh, you know, we know Freeman's actually good, but you know, his counting stats, his RBIs and his runs weren't weren't elite, you know, yeah. to match his average. Um, and then he got Acuna and and others around him that were playing better and he took off. And he yeah. just put himself at another tier and it was just like, okay. Yeah. His twenty nineteen was pretty crazy. Yeah. Um thirteen runs, hundred and twenty one RBI. Yeah. So, so, I mean, even 2020, when you think about the 340 average he had, it's <laughs> unbelievable. So, uh, yeah, I mean, clearly Freeman's the guy you want, but, you know, the the question mark here is is Rizzo. Like, where do you place him and who do you feel, you know, how – obviously things can change depending on where he goes. Um, but as of right now, like, I'm not really buying into him too much. So, yeah. So, all right, we'll move into – a little ways across the diamond here. We'll stop at shortstop. Basically, you got Trevor Story and Carlos Correa as the two, you know, big names there. Um, I mean, my question for you, Connor, is neither of these guys has been away from the team that they were on last year yet uh, in their careers. So which player do you think has a higher probability of continued success with a new team. I'm taking Trevor story there on that question. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's because I've always been a Trevor story fan. He's like one of you know my guys or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I mean, on the down season last year, still, you know, 20 home runs, 20 stolen bases. Like his down season was, you know, fairly good. Um, you know, I, I think even leaving Coors field, I think he'll get back to 30 homers and, you know, potentially the 20 steals again. Um, you know, and Arenado, I mean, the average was down last year, but I mean, he 35 homers in St. Louis really ain't yeah. bad at all. So, I mean, I think Trevor Story will do just fine. And um, I don't know, I feel like Carlos Correa is a little bit more of like an injury risk, personally, yeah. is kind of what, how I see him. Um, so that kind of marks him off for me, personally. Right. Yeah, Joe, I, I personally don't really want either one of these guys this season. Uh, I know shortstop's pretty deep. I think there's some other guys, you know, going around them that I'll probably try to get somebody above them, to be honest with you. But I know that it's easier said than done. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, if I had to pick one to be story, uh, but I, I mean, I am worried about the splits. I mean, like his career splits away from cores. I mean, like two thirds of his home runs in his career were at cores. Um, 
That's so fair. That's, yeah. that's Carlos Correa is a lot cheaper than Trevor Story right now. It too. is, yeah. So yeah. Kind of well for him. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, hey, I could go a little bit cheaper and just get by as after all these guys and and not have to worry about it. Maybe. Um, and and that. and like uh, and like Dave said earlier, I think he wants uh, at. Is it Adamas? Adamas? Yeah. Adamas. Yeah. He wants him 40 picks later. So, yeah, I, I, I feel you on that one, too. Um, uh, next grouping here, we got some outfielders. We got Chris Bryant. We got Nick Cassianos. We got Eddie Rosario. And we got Jack Peterson. Um, the question we wrote down for you was, was around Jack Peterson. And just like, you know, can he, can he be a true fantasy asset? Um, you know, knowing he's been a big platoon guy his whole career. Um, and he, he brought up something, obviously, that I made a note of to talk about before the show that I just went, oh, yeah, duh. Uh, so, yeah, we'll speak on that a little bit, and then we'll, we'll get into the rest of these guys. Yeah, uh, I think we were in the same boat of, like, looking at Jock Peterson as, you know, he is interesting. You know, he had a, some good seasons in L.A. with the Dodgers. Um, but, yeah, then it kind of, he kind of did turn into a platoon player, which isn't, valuable at all for fantasy but um yeah with the dh just now being announced for the national league i mean i think he'll easily find a spot as an everyday player yeah and, i mean i think he plays every day and he does well off the start where they don't have to bench him or anything like that i could see him you know 30 30 homers uh, he'll probably still bat in the low 200s like 230 like around his career average but i mean if you need power i mean why not go out and grab him yeah yeah, I think he'd be a cheap source of power, and and yeah, like if he could sign on an NL team that has DH now, hey, yeah, hoping keep to keep keep his everywhere. bat in that lineup, and you know he'll he'll, he'll pay dividends. You know, I I kind of bought into it last year, wherein I thought he might get a bit more playing time than he did um, playing for the Cubs, thinking they they needed to keep his bat in that lineup a little more than than they did, yeah. but uh, it didn't it didn't work out. Um, because I was I was banking on you know a cheap twenty to five to thirty if not more home runs from from him and you could get him cheap in drafts. Yeah. Um, the rest of these guys here though you know you know Chris Bryant just seems to be going downhill. Um, and, and then Castellanos coming off a, a monster season, but you know. Laning spots obviously going to play a big part. Rosario's had good seasons before. Um, still, I think a, a good overall player. And what do you, what do you think about these guys overall? You don't speak on all of them, but just pick pick one that you want to talk about here. Uh, I mean, I love me some Nick Castellanos. I feel like wherever he's going to go, he's going to be good, and um, I think he's going to be pretty good, like all around. Um, I feel like he doesn't really have too many like glaring holes in his game. Um, he's going to play every day wherever he goes. Probably be one of the best outfielders wherever he goes. Um, I don't know. I just always like Nick Castellanos. Do you think? I mean, do you think he's more of the thirty-four hundred RBI guy we saw last season, or more of the twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven home run type of guy we we've seen in seasons past? He's probably right in the middle, right around like the thirty home run mark. That's probably okay. where he's at. I'm trying to think. Oh, he's, he's he's 29. A 309 batting 29. average last yeah, year right. was yeah. a career high for him. So oh, I'm be not 30. sure if he'll hit 309 again. It's close yeah. to 30. But um, yeah, if he can hit upper yeah. 200s and yeah, 30 home runs, I mean that's really good. Yeah, 
I, I, I would lean more towards Cassianos. I mean, I shit. Yeah, I mean, he, he's clearly the higher ranked guy. I just wanted to Philly see just because we don't have an <laughs> outfield that's not named Bryce Harper. Um, and somehow we have DH and first baseman that's both named Reese Hoskins. Uh, so that that's interesting. But it, I I think Cassianos is uh, is the, the best of the bunch here for sure. Um, he's got the better upside for power. Um, you know, he's shown it before, you know, I mean, hell he hit 10 triples in 2017, you know, and, and led the league. So that's pretty, uh, pretty impressive for me because triples don't come easily. Um, I'd like to see him be, you know, a little more aggressive on the base paths, but yeah, whatever. That's not it's not his game, so it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, Real quick, Connor, what's your thoughts on Chris Bryant? Like, any sort of resurgence you think he's going to have in his career, or is he just? I mean, I feel like he's still. I mean, he's he's thirty, yeah. but like it feels like a young thirty, right? I mean, it's I don't know what's going on with him. Like, he was a stud early yeah. on. Like, what happened? I mean, I think it kind of the whole thing with the Cubs. I feel like it kind of went downhill there, and. You know, brought everyone with them. All their numbers kind of collapsed. Yeah. I, mean, I, love, I mean, Chris Bryant, 2019, he was hitting 280, 31 home runs. It's, yeah. That's pretty good. 2020 hurt him. And then, yeah, yeah obviously, sort 2021. Sort of mediocre last moved, year, yeah. And, yeah, 263 batting average. Um, like, I really don't think he's bad. Um, I mean, I guess I mean, we'll see where he ends versatile. up. See if he can play, like, every I mean, day, which I think he should. I think he should play every day. Yeah, yeah. he plays the outfield, <laughs> third base. Yeah, he could easily fill a spot in third. I mean, that's where he's played the majority of his career is at third um, until, you know, more recently he's been solely outfield. Um, you know, he, he's a guy that could fit in that DH role too. Um, so I I think someone's going to get a pretty good deal with him. Uh, again, I'd love to see him come to Philly. Uh, be, it'd be nice. Him and Bryce Harper are, are good friends. So make it happen, Bryce. Let's go. <laughs> so uh, looking at the last position that we really have here is the DH. And this is just kind of a, a more for fun. We've got, you know, old man river, Nelson Cruz and uh, old ish man Creek. Uh, Jorge Soler. <laughs> um, I mean, basically, the same. nice. They're, they're, they're basically he's 29. He's player. younger than the guy we just talked about. Uh, like I said, oldish. All right. Um, we are not allowed to call a 29 year old old anymore, AJ. Just to let you know. What? Hmm? Can't hear you. Um, I'm right there with you. Uh, <laughs> just so you know, I'm making myself make fun of myself, by the way. Can I read the damn question? No, can you can't. I'm sorry. Let's move no. on. No, Who hits more homers? <laughs> I mean, that that's the upside of these guys. They're DH guys. And now that, again, oh. and the National League has DH, this opens things up for Cruz a little bit more to go to one of those teams. Um, I mean, who who would you rather roster in fantasy this year? I think Nelson Cruz. I did see they're going like pretty much back to back for DHs. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, Soler was really bad in the first half of the season with the Royals there. I, I put him on the drop list a couple different times. Um, mm-hmm. You know, strikeouts really high, and he really wasn't doing anything. Then he went to Atlanta, and everything turned around. I mean, especially like in the playoffs, he had some right. big home runs. Yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe he carries that energy into this year, and you know, takes over as he could be if everything pans out for him. He really could be one of the best designated hitters because he has so much power. Yeah, but I feel like Nelson Cruz has just been very consistent in his career, and he's never really had too many like valleys. He's mostly kind of stand average uh, for yeah, his career yeah he's been been steady and and consistent um few injuries here and there but that i mean yeah, i mean so there's at least gonna have days. outfield eligibility too so that's gonna be huge for oh, him compared nice. to compared to yeah. Cruz. just keep um, him utility yeah so i i think it's Solaire mainly because of the outfield eligibility and and connor before we jump into the the couple pitchers here we got to to close things out do you like to roster guys who have DH or utility in, in your fantasy leagues eligibility only? Uh, if you can get guy like a, you know, a cruise in his heyday, right? Or, you know, and I'm trying to think of, you know, other guys, but it know. limits a lot, a lot. It um, does. Yeah. Like I've had, I've had Framel Reyes, uh, who, when I had him in my dynasty cool. league, you know, he had outfield for a while, but now he's utility only. And he, Sort of, it sucks. Now I think he had, I think he has outfield back. I don't know. It like randomly popped back up on on fan tracks. I was like, oh, okay, cool, thanks. Um, but it felt like bad. when he was utility only last year, it was just kind of like he's my utility guy every yeah. single day. Like there's nothing I could do about it. There's no flexibilities. So like, is there a place where you are willing to to do that? Like if you can get a cruise. I mean, honestly, I mean, Otani is one of those guys. You play daily leagues where you can, you know, swap him him out between pitcher and designated hitter. I mean, put him in that utility. Just don't play in Yahoo. Oh, do they not have that? Oh, are they separate? He's two players in Yahoo. Okay. Yeah, I'm not the big fan of that. Oh, Otani, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, Otani's the guy for me for DH. Um... But yeah, besides for that, I mean, what is really only Nelson Cruz with the DH only, right? I feel like there's somebody no, else I'm missing. Uh, Shit, I just had him in my head. I know. Um, I mean, it was Reyes, but he randomly has Maggie. no field now. Maggie, I think, is only going to be DH at this point. Yeah, I mean. Is he? I don't think he played first know. base enough last year. It's tough because it does limit you a lot. And I don't know. I'm one of those... limits players that like to keep my options open so kind of stinks when you like you're trying to move something around your lineup and you're like oh i can't move this guy anywhere i mean i have i have legit passed on nelson cruz in drafts for rounds and then now stanton's not one he's got outfield still um yeah he does um that's not right you have to i don't think he did last year as a look, well, he still does according to fantasy pros on my rankings, but that could be delayed reaction of yeah. certain leagues not updating this stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I like in years past, I've passed on Cruz before, which is why I bring it up, and like I've regretted it because <laughs> the dude just mashes right, and you're like, oh man, I could really use that right now, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, just stays good. Uh, Stanton played 26 games in the outfield last year, really. Yep, ten in left field, uh, well. sixteen in right field. Yeah. There you go. 
Uh, anyway, let's let's finish things off here real quick with the picture pictures. Sorry. So we got Zach Greinke, Clayton Kershaw, and Carlos Rodon. Um, I'll just let you speak about whoever you really want to hear. You know, we had the question about you know, can you think Greinke can produce at SP one levels? But I don't really think that that's. I think that's a big fat no. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. yeah, I, I think it's kind of like you know what 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 do we originally? And I was like, you probably should have. Uh, I think my you know, and you can pick the question here. Like, what what do we think about Granky's uh, you know outlook for for this year? He sort of seems like he's on a decline, and then kind of surprises people randomly like every other year. It feels like Kershaw has been injured time and time again but you know when he's on the mound he's phenomenal where are you comfortable taking him and with Carlos Rodon had a basically a breakout year last year um you know you pick the question and uh answer answer one of those um let's see that's a tough one I was looking at Granky uh for what's the question you guys right I know I know I threw that at you I'm sorry um <laughs> I mean, yeah, definitely not in uh, number one SP, but I mean, his ADP is pretty low. I mean, yeah, he yeah. is kind of on that decline, but I mean, kind of what we were talking about earlier, you find those late SP value guys late in the draft who could end up, you know, winning the league for you. He, he's possibly one of those guys. Yeah, he's um, two years away from a pretty phenomenal season, at least ERA wise. Like, strikeouts have dipped dramatically for him. Yeah. Yeah. And between the like 2017 and 2019, he had the three straight seasons, like 200 plus innings. Like, I'm not sure if he's going to get 200 again, but yeah. it could be like 170 to 180, which isn't bad. Um, yeah, I haven't done too much looking into Kershaw, but um, I do like Carlos Rodon. He's one of those guys who I liked years ago when he was coming mm -hmm. up. He yeah, everybody did. Healthy. He was that. Rodon. He was that. He was uh, on the same dynasty team that I had with uh, Frazier. Okay. Yeah. He's one of those uh, those late breakout stars, you know, those forgotten guys that everybody kind of just decided to throw in the trash because he was trash. Um, yeah. I was hurt. He's forky. Forky. Uh, yeah. If anybody knows what I'm talking about here, <laughs> I'm trash. <laughs> Only people with kids know that reference. Good job, AJ. Thank you. Um, <laughs> relief pitchers. Uh, we got Kenley Jansen and Brad Hand are, are the big ones here. Um, you know, just with Kenley Jansen, right? You know, we, we we've seen his struggles. You know, do we see his role getting? kind of diminished here just is this point too and and uh you know brad hand you know what what do we think about him um for kenley jansen i mean if i'm a team a general manager manager that needs a closing pitcher kind of like detroit or texas washington san diego like i'm eyeing down kenley jansen i think he's still really good um and yeah i think if he gets to be a closer he'll do just fine and be like yeah top 10 closing pitchers probably if I mean, he's able to stick there. I think the problem with him though, is like you look at his walk rate and that's what really scares you as a pitcher. Like he got out of some jams the last couple of season, right? You know, he had over almost a five walk per nine rate last year. I mean, he kind of feels like every game I saw him, it was like uh, bases loaded yeah. one out and he just somehow got out of it. And I yeah. mean, like, that's a credit to his skill, but also like, that's scary as an older relief pitcher who has been used a lot mm -hmm. in that Dodgers organization. So that that's something that scares me. But I, I feel you. Like I think he needs to be given the job, at least given the chance to. He needs to lose it wherever he goes, but if he's given a job, yeah. And um, yeah, for Brad Hand, I think um, 
he's sketchy. I mean, he's one of those guys. He could be a closer. He could be, you know, um, a setup guy. Um, but I think if he gets a job as a closer, then I think he should be rostered at least at the start of the season. Give him a chance mm-hmm. on fantasy teams. To, I mean, if he's going out there getting saves, he's worth it, especially with a pretty low um, ADP there. He's going to like in the late 300s, I'm pretty sure, last time I checked it. Uh, yeah, I don't know what his ADP is right now, but um, yeah, he's 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 a, he's kind of a scary prospect right now for 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 drafts. Uh, see Eric here with the uh, with the new DH role. Any predictions on uh, at Baz Cranky takes this year? <laughs> That's right, Cranky's the other good one. That's the guy who couldn't I couldn't think of uh, zero. <laughs> Sorry, it's gonna be zero. <laughs> yeah, he said he wanted uh, was it one hit that he wanted. He just wanted one more hit or something. Yeah, I don't know. What, I don't of, even. Been, uh, it'll uh, saying in interviews he wanted um, a yeah. chance to get one more base hit or something like that. What, does he have like I don't like I, I mean I don't look at pitchers hitting stats. So let's see. Let's look at his batting stats real quick. I got my phone up here with Fangraphs. Um, is he gonna get show it to me? Played on the Royals at the start, so I mean, yeah, no chance have to that really. Many. He's got there. oh, he's got nine home runs. That might be That's why. why. So he, he wants, wants he wants the tenth home run because <laughs> hits he's got 117. One more hit won't do it. He needs another. Yeah. He wants double digit home runs. That'd be pretty funny. He's also uh-huh. got nine steals. How funny if he <laughs> finished with ten and ten? Do it. Give him. Give him a bat. <laughs> oh man, that'd be so fun. Um, but yeah, I don't know with with, with a DH. I mean, no if he, I mean, yeah. At this point, if he even if he goes to an NL team, it's not gonna matter. I don't see them putting him in there there's no reason to but um all right connor i want to thank you for coming on the show um it's been Glad it's be been great here. talking and uh great information here yep before we let you go let everybody know where they can find your stuff and, and what you got going on oh uh, yeah so you can find my work at fantasy six pack i did the outfield preview uh so if you need help on your outfields this year go and check that out uh, you can find me on Twitter at Connor Tom here, as it says right here. Um, I'm going to work on tweeting more this year. Not really active on there, but I'm definitely going to work on being more active there. Um, I feel you. And so, yeah. You. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's hard to stay active on there, but um, I'm, I'm going to yeah. try. Uh, um, it's all good. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on and uh, great, you know, great talk yeah. for sure. Thanks yeah. for having um, me. It's been a la- good time. Last, uh, so wait, last, wait, last question I here. will leave you with is oh, uh, Scotty Rowland. Love him or hate him? Oh, I love him, dude. I love him so much. Oh, we got one more question, Trent. What hair <laughs> products does Connor <laughs> use? Oh, I think it was just <laughs> some clarifying shampoo. No, yes, he totally did. Some pretty basic conditioner. Nothing too crazy. All right. Love the hair, man. It's awesome. Appreciate it. All right, man. Have a good night. And uh, again, great as always. Yep. See ya. All right. All right, AJ. That is it. And uh, as I, you know, screwed it up last week, I'm pretty sure next week we're getting into our position previews. Catcher in first base with Mr. Todd Zola from Master Ball. Um, Yes, we are. It will be a very, very good one here. And, uh, and guys, I'm, I'm telling you, if you have not hit that subscribe button yet, you need to do so, man. We got Todd Zola, Alex Fast, Matt Williams, Eric Cross, Michael Simeon, and Mike Curland as our guests for the rest of the draft season shows. A star-studded lineup. Um, you know, no no, dis, no discredit here to already who we have with Chris and Connor. But, uh, yeah, 
it's it's gonna be a fun draft season, man. That's why we line all these guys up. We we have a blast talking with all these guys every single year. So uh, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss it. And uh, yeah, I will announce. By the way, we have hit our seventy two seventy second uh, sign up. We're actually seventy four. So I don't know what I'm gonna do uh, for the the fantasy six pack series. So uh, I just signed up tonight. I saw that. So, you, might, you might get kicked like, out. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. You can. You can. You can. Yeah. Considering you, you know, you almost dropped out of the fantasy six pack like house league. Uh, pretty sure you could be an easy drop. So yeah, we will figure hey, things out. We'll uh, but it. yes, uh, introductions into their announcements as to you know who got into what division will be out soon, and then hopefully drafts will start sometime early early March. So look out for those for those of you who are still listening and, and watching. So anyway, um, I'm done. AJ, anything else? I'm good. All right, man. Have a good night. See you all next week.